0: You're listening to Underground USA. Welcome back to Underground USA. My name is Frank Salvato. Please check out everything we do at undergroundusa.com. Sign up for the new Substack-based mail-out that gets our most recent products in your inbox when they happen. It's going to become increasingly more important as we get closer to the midterms and to the 2024 general election. Here's this morning's segment on Talk Back with Chuck Wilder, as broadcast on CRN Digital Talk Radio.
1: Everybody's talking at me. CRN Digital Talk Radio, Chuck Wilder here, swayed at the network. We're live across America and around the world at crntalk.com. Right now, I want to go to Frank Savato host of the Underground U.S. Podcast. His analysis has been cited by the U.S. House International Relations Committee, has been published by the American Enterprise Institute, the Washington Times, and are internationally syndicated. Frank is the author of six monographs examining the threats facing our country. And he can be heard twice weekly on the Captain's America Third Watch syndicated nationally on Salem and Genesis communication affiliate stations, and a website, undergroundusa.com, but he's going to pop up right there. Here he is. Yes. Well, hang on. There it is. Hey, Frank, how are you?
2: <laughs> I'm doing good. Uh, the, the, the sound effects are, are, are top notch.
1: Yeah, well, thank you very much, sir. You know, I've got to lay off the iced tea, you know, the, the hot. It, I said iced tea, the hot tea. Yes, uh, just must have got to me today. You know, I gotta tell you, I was very surprised and I went, duh, Chuck, how in the world didn't you know this? And listener, uh, what's going on right now with the uh danger of Biden's disinformation governance board? You gotta hear this because this may kind of surprise you. This ain't the first time. Uh but like you say, we should all be very concerned with how far we've allowed the fifth columnist to go on with manipulating speech and our right to free speech. And political correctness and all this other stuff is getting in the way. Uh, you say we are less free to express ourselves, especially political, than ever before. But it's happened before. That's boy, I'm telling you, it. I'm I you know I I lost some IQ there somewhere, but I got it back. Put it that way. <laughs> Just well, reading right. your your report.
2: This stuff is all under the radar. You know we don't teach contemporary U.S. history in our schools. No. We usually stop right after the Civil War getting into, into Reconstruction, and if you have a, a teacher who is advanced in, in the timeline, we just usually touch on, on the Industrial Revolution. But we don't, we don't ever, in junior high schools and high schools, you rarely get into the Wilson administration in the turn of the 20th century. So all of these, these fascist movements that, that started creeping into our government in the wilson administration in the beginning of the roosevelt administration uh, in lbj's administration and today in obama's and Biden's administration you know we think this is new it's not new they've been fighting for over a hundred years to to claw dirt underneath their their bottoms to change the united states into a a more socialist nation and frank uh, uh,
1: let me let me jump in here real quick Because the first one you have listed, I mean, this might shock you a little bit, uh, listener. John Adams, all right? John Adams, for all his contributions to freedom in our republic, let his vanity get the better of him in signing a law, all right, that made it illegal to criticize a government official without backing up one's criticisms in court. And then that law was overturned, rightly, after his loss to Thomas Jefferson in the election of eighteen hundred, and that was uh, okay. So then, eighteen seventy-three, Congress passed the Comstock Law, uh, and that was uh, to do with the U.S. Postal Service, right? Uh, yeah, and,
2: and that was what you could send through. It was predominantly centered on um, sexually oriented material, yeah, going and, through
1: the
2: uh, mail. Yeah, going through the mail, which they, the Comstock was a was the first, was a U.S. Postmaster General, and he didn't believe that it was it was right to do that. So he lobbied for this law. Um, getting back to Adams, because I don't want to demonize him. He's one of my favorite yeah. presidents. He's one of my favorite founders. Um, his intentions were good. He went about it the wrong way. You 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 can't legislate the censorship of speech. But he saw a a gigantic cancer fomenting in in government where the mudslinging would happen. It's what Washington warned us about in his farewell address. Beware of factions. They will be the demise of the republic. And what he meant by factions was political parties. So Adams didn't like the dirty dirty politics that was happening in the press, and he sought to quell it on a legal ground, which is why he said you have to be able to prove it in a court. But you can't do that when you're talking about the redress of government and free speech as far as politics is concerned when it's coming from the private sector. Government has no place in that. Uh, we're forgetting that today with the, yeah. with the advent of this disinformation governance board established under the Department of Homeland Security.
1: Wow. <laughs> you know, sometimes uh, the departments are are the laughing thing of the whole, you know, whatever they're trying to do, you know. This information, and this is from the Homeland Security, yes, which uh, if I'm correct, that was established after 9-11, right? That was the main purpose. But D- yeah, DHS was established after 9-11. A lot of people yeah. didn't
2: believe it needed to happen because we had the FBI, we had the NSA, you know. We, we had different agencies. The Bush administration wanted to pull it together all under one, umbra- one umbrella, one authority. Um, that could have been a realigning of things and a redefinition of things, but it created a whole new authority along with the Patriot Act, which in the aftermath of 9 11, a lot of people thought was a very good idea. There was an equal number that was saying, you better be careful about this because if it gets abused, it's going to be turned onto the American citizen. And since 9 11, we have seen some of those abuses come to pass, including the FBI. Um, you know, this was in the news last week, the FBI committing all kinds of egregious um, acts in surveilling American citizens uh, mm-hmm. without warrants,
1: which is, yeah. you know,
2: you have to have a warrant. That's Fourth Amendment.
1: Now, during the fascist Wilson administration, get back to this one, the Sedition Act of 1918 was enacted, which prohibited speech that cast the government or the war effort in World War One in a negative light. Boy, it's almost yeah. like uh, you know they're going to censor anything right now that you say about the Ukraine, if, in case well, it doesn't go with their agenda. Yeah,
2: this is why I keep pointing out that we are we are in the midst of a fascist government right now in the United States because when the private sector is doing the bidding of the public sector, that is the classical definition of fascism. So, you know, you post something about Ukraine on on Twitter or Facebook or any number of the different things, and all of a sudden it's censored or a warning is put up or it's covered up or it's shadow banned. Uh, That's the private sector doing the bidding of the public sector because they want a certain narrative to prevail on Ukraine. We can't do that. You don't do that. We, We Americans live in a constant state of spirit of the Bill of Rights. That's... The norm, we don't deviate from that. Free speech exists, and private corporations have to understand that free speech exists. And today,
1: they don't care
2: because they're leaning more towards being part of a global community rather than being
1: American. That's a problem. Now, the one that'll get you, listener, is uh, the Office of Censorship. Okay, that occurred under the Roosevelt administration. The attack on free speech continued on the Roosevelt administration. Office of censorship established under the guise of protecting wartime secrets during World War II. Now, we are now having a thing similar to the same wording, you know, the office of censorship and blah, 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 right? Uh, We're not involved in a war right now. But, see, sometimes you would say, well, you really got to watch out what they're saying during World War II. I mean, you can get caught up in it, but you still need to go back to the Bill of Rights and the, you know, the, uh, you know, the thing. The, you know what it is, that thing. Yes, uh, I'm doing a good one there. Yes. <laughs> anyway. You know,
2: it's, you,
1: you hear people talk
2: about how egregious it was for Abraham Lincoln to suspend habeas corpus during the Civil War when he was literally fighting for the, the survival of the republic. Yeah. We don't we don't have that fight right now. Yet they are just suspending free speech rights and, and hiding behind the fact that it's it's the it's the private sector doing it. The government should be the one that's up in arms about this, yet they're benefiting from it to control the narrative. So they don't care. So you know, the office this is, this, yeah. This is why I keep saying, and I can't say it enough because people need to really embrace this so the light bulb goes off. The Biden administration, the Obama administration in contemporary times, they were fascist governments in the United States. We elected fascists to office just like we did when we elected Wilson and just like we did when we elected FDR. The history books are, are kind to FDR because he stewarded us through World War II, and that's where they lay everything on. And they gloss over the fact that the New Deal was in the absolute act of socialism. Hmm. When, you, when you redistribute wealth like that and let government create organizations that controls the means of production, that's, that's socialism and communism. So you, an accurate reading of history from the, from the Roosevelt administration shows that for most of his tenure as president – he was enacting socialist socialist policies on using a fascist regime
1: he was even he was even
2: laudatory of Mussolini as Mussolini was laudatory of
1: him so the Roosevelt administration office of censorship repealed August nineteen forty five uh, then we got into the McCarthyism okay in 2014 and you just touched on it about President Obama right, uh, right. he had a public letter signed by representatives from 38 journalist organizations that criticize his administrative efforts to stifle or block news coverage of its actions uh this was uh, whenever he said he was always going to prove what more transparency yeah provide oh he, transparency.
2: he ran on it chuck yeah. he
1: ran on it you could pick your own doctor oh, even
2: <laughs> yeah, he, called the, he called the Bush administration secretive and tried to marry them with the shadow of the CIA. And he railed against DHS, even though he used it much more than Bush ever did. And, and he said, we'll be the most transparent administration in the history of the United States. Yet journalists published open letters saying, you've got to give us access. You're not giving us access to anything, to anyone. What are you doing? And Biden's, you know, take a look at it. He's doing exactly the same thing. Saki comes out, spins, gives you a yep. general answer. If she gives you an answer at all, and, and then she disappears behind the curtain with the big green head. So, I, you know, it's uh, people need to understand what we elected to office. It's not a Democrat. The Democrats today are not your father's Democrat. They're not JFK. You know, they're very far mm-hmm. from being Bill Clinton. They're fascists. They're using the private sector to push their policies onto the public so we have no choice, and when we complain about
1: it, they quiet us. And think of these two, right? Hate speech and hate crimes. See? Put in there to help, you know, try to control you. Uh, And you say, so basically what is it? The question is, who gets to decide what disinformation and hate actually are? Politician? bureaucrat. Mainstream media, social media censors, uh, we're in a heap of trouble there. Hey, we're coming up on the break, and then we're going to uh, get to the unqualified will determine the truth. Uh, boy, what an excellent report again. All of them are always excellent from you, Frank. I'm going to have to put you on the spot one day and find out which one didn't go over very well, okay? the <laughs> This one is the absolute danger of Biden's disinformation governance board. Frank Savato, remember the website, is undergroundusa.com. Undergroundusa.com. We'll be right back with the unqualified will determined the truth. Handcrafted, exotic blend teas at the lowest shipping cost anywhere. Hi, I'm CJ, owner of the Emerald Coast Tea Company. We ship our premium gourmet blends with Sindel, offering you the lowest shipping prices anywhere, while also being carbon neutral. Excellent tea at the right price. Check us out at www.emeraldcoastteacompany.com. Honey, this ain't your mom's tea. Everybody's talking at me. Chuck Wilder, CRN, with Frank Savato, discussing uh, the absolute danger of Biden's disinformation governance board. And, you know, Frank, uh, when we get to this, uh, the unqualified will determine the truth. What I'm thinking about is, you know, if you were selling a car, you know, you wouldn't want to use wooden tires, you know, that were in the form of a square. (laughs) And doesn't it seem like they would have come up with somebody else because this uh Jankowski <laughs> Nina, is that her name? Yes. Tell yeah, them about Nina this Jankowitz. Boy, I'm telling you.
2: Um I wanna I wanna preface before we get into the the incredible subject that is Nina Jankowitz, yeah. because this is this is rich, even for the Biden administration. Um, the understanding of the arbiter and, and why this is so egregious, and we talked about you, you brought up hate crimes and hate speech before the break. Mm-hmm. Hate is a subjective word. One man's hate is another man's uh, focus. One man's terrorism is another man's liberation. If you ask somebody from al-Qaeda if they're committing terrorism, they say no. You know so there are, there are subjective words. That's why there's no subjective subjectivity in the Bill of Rights. They don't leave it to the eyes of the arbiter, because the arbiter, because they're an individual, Mm -hmm. necessarily has personal biases. And in in a very politicized and agendized age, the arbiters are increasingly politicized. They exist on one side of the aisle or the other side of the aisle. That's why removing the arbiter from things is the best thing to do. But hate speech? Are you trying to explain to me that that murder, because you want to attach a label of hate crime to it, is more egregious than a murder that doesn't have <laughs> hate involved? And what murder doesn't have hate involved? You know, it's a it's a it's a hollow it's a hollow statement. It's a, it's a hollow charge to to throw these extras on there because it makes one crime worse than another when it's the exact mm-hmm. same crime, the taking of a life. So I'm not a fan of arbiters when it comes to deciding for the public. The public should be able to decide for itself. If the public thinks something's hateful, and, and to the point that it's hateful to an extreme, they will shun that person, ignore that person, and 99 times out of 100, it goes away. The news won't report on it. If people aren't clicking on it or, or, or tuning into it or buying the paper, that headline changes immediately. So the arbiter, we don't need the false weight of an arbiter saying this is more important than that. And this is where um, the very interesting subject of Nina Jankowicz comes in.
1: <laughs> Jankowicz. Uh,
2: Nina is the, is the person that Joe Biden nominated to head this disinformation governance board. But a very elementary examination of her past shows that she is a jaded partisan to the left, and she's been wrong on everything that she's called disinformation so far. And this, the ironic thing is that she holds the, the position of a disinformation expert at the, wait for it, the Woodrow Wilson
0: Center.
1: Hmm.
2: You know, So you've got the center that's, that's commemorating the most fascist president, president that we've ever had in the United States. And now Biden goes to elevate somebody from that organization to a wholly fascist and, and unconstitutional agency or board. Um, she was wrong on the Steele dossier. She said that it was a manufactured piece of information from the Trump campaign and, and that it was, it was used by Trump in his Russian collusion. Uh, she was wrong on hunter biden's laptop she said it was a non story and, and a deflection
0: uh-huh.
2: uh she fell for the for the you know when when the who said one thing about covid she backed them up and when they reversed track she backed them up she never deviated from the fauci line so one day masks were awesome the next day masks weren't even though you can pull up video of of fauci saying you know we we really just were pushing the masks so that the the people actually feel a little bit more secure about going out It really doesn't do anything. She didn't change. She, she didn't identify that as disinformation. You know, I, it's, she even has gone so far as to prognosticate. She, she said, Oh, if, if Trump gets elected, then the ISIS is going to just explode all over the world. We'll see terror attacks in the middle of the streets <laughs> every day. Well, we killed al-Baghdadi and, and ISIS caliphate, crumbled under Trump.
1: All right. So So hold it right there, Frank. And let's continue with this excellent, creditable. (laughs) All right. Words on her. And boy, when she's doing that little singing thing that I've seen a couple of times, that's enough right there to say no, no, no. Frank Savato. And it's undergroundusa.com. We're going to be right back many claim race is the most important issue we face in america yet race is not what defines most americans i see myself as a confident strong beautiful young girl i want to actually be the first girl on the moon how do i see myself i see myself as an entertainer
0: i like to dance sing and act Sometimes I see myself as a little kid. Sometimes I see myself as a teenager. It's kind of hard to tell when you're 10. I see myself as strong. And I'm a spiritual being having a human experience. I see myself as a book.
1: A book that you can't skip to the end and figure out what happens. A book that you have to sit and go through the pages and figure out what happens next.
0: I think there's so many things that... uh... Define us, and we shouldn't define ourselves by one or two things.
2: Or we are a whole lot of things—a collection of many things.
1: Please join us if you want to live in an America where you are defined by who you are, not by the color of your skin. This message was paid for by Color Us United, an educational nonprofit advocacy group seeking to heal the divide in America. To learn more, log on to colorusunited.org. Everybody's talking at me. CRN Chuck Wilder with my guest Frank Savato, executive partner Compass Point Group, host of the Underground USA podcast, and uh, discussing one of his recent: the absolute danger of Biden's disinformation governance board. And uh, if you weren't with us earlier, it's not the first time they've come up with it, but here they go again. And uh, this lady, uh, just uh, unbelievable. And uh, now, I guess, uh, most of this planning, do you think, was uh, ignited because of Twitter, yeah, Elon I'm, Musk? I'm
2: fairly certain that yeah. when the left lost control of Twitter as their preferred narrative platform, narrative control platform, that um, this was always in the works, but they had it to pull the ripcord if, if something should ever happen to Facebook or Twitter. Um, to example, the, the way that Nina Jankowicz, who is now the new head of the disinformation governance board under DHS for the Biden administration, it wasn't that she just said, well, that's fake news or that's not true or that's disinformation. She was proactively adamant about it on, uh, on the Biden laptop. She tweeted out, and this is a quote. Back on the laptop from hell, apparently, Biden notes 50 former national security officials and five former CIA heads that believe the laptop is a Russian influence op, and Trump just says Russia, Russia, Russia. Hmm. That's, that's more like a tweet that would come from the DNC than someone who is being charged with the task of identifying disinformation. You know, we had uh, Christopher Steele, who was the guy behind the the – Steele dossier, the Russian collusion that that was uh, that was commissioned by the Clinton campaign in two thousand and sixteen. she talks about uh, his propaganda about disinformation, saying, <clears throat> and again, I quote, listen to this last night, Chris Steele, yes, that Chris Steele provides some great historical context about the evolution of disinformation. It's worth a listen. You know, I mean, she's she's proactive in pushing an agenda, and then the last example I'll give is on her complete dismissal that COVID could have ever been released from the Wuhan labs.
1: Right.
2: She quoted this to Buzzfeed uh, in the claim that the Wuhan Institute of Virology could have been the origin of the novel coronavirus left the fringe and entered the American conservative mainstream in early April. All these campaigns are preying on people's desires to know more about the situation. It bothers people that we can't pinpoint where the virus came from, but it becomes more politically convenient for Trump and his administration the further we get into this maelstrom, especially in comparison to the Chinese response. So she's displaying in no uncertain terms and rather aggressively that she is jaded partisan to the left, yet we have... DHS Secretary Mayorkas just yesterday saying that she's congratulating her on her appointment because she's a truly neutral arbiter of the truth.
1: Boy, oh, boy. It's, you know, and if you tell a lie, what is the thing if you tell the lie? Uh, if you tell a lie
2: long enough, people will start enough. to believe it. Yeah. And most, 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 it. People attrib- most people attribute that to Goebbels, yeah. but he got it from us. <laughs>
1: You know, it's interesting that, uh, and I don't remember where I saw it, but uh, before Elon got approved, uh, they were saying, you know uh, who the the main followers are, you know, on on Twitter, and it turns out that uh, Obama, Obama has the most followers on Twitter than anybody else, and then you think, well, is he going to be that worried about it? I mean, is it only going to go down 10,000, or is Trump going to move ahead of him, or whatever? Are they going to have some guy that claims he's uh, from outer space? <laughs> you know, you well, just don't know, and I don't know how reliable mm-hmm. those are anyway.
2: Yeah, Trump has already said that he's he's not going back on Twitter, even if invited. I think he probably will down the line, yeah. but but that's, that's, you know, that's— for him to decide uh, the problem with the obama numbers and the biden number especially the biden numbers um obama did have a a, a pop a popularism yeah. as it were behind his presidency with the hope and change marketing that he did it was very slickly done and people should have seen a red flag and how slick that was done back then before they voted for him but with twitter there are bots on there and they can you can buy Followers. So during the the twenty twenty oh, wow. campaign, the Biden Biden campaign was buying numbers to make it look like he had more followers, that he was more popular, and he was literally tweeting to no one.
0: <laughs> but the media,
2: but but the media ran with it, you know. So it, it achieved its purpose. That's why I don't think the, the the leaders of the left, the people who manipulate the people for votes. On the left, the Valerie Jarrett's and the Eric Holders, Uh, I don't think they're all that upset about losing Twitter because it achieved their goal. It moved the United States just several seconds to midnight, and that midnight being a more socialist United States. You know, they play the long game, Chuck. And if this move that they've made during Obama and so far during Biden has moved that second hand demonstrably since the Wilson administration.
1: Wow, yeah. And you know it's uh, it's a shame how the education system has uh, you know at one time you could you know raise them right, raise them to be Americans, and now it's uh, you know well you might be better off if you just uh, denounced America overall because you know maybe it's not the greatest country in the world. And uh, I don't remember. Am I talking to a boy or a girl now? I just can't remember. What did you? Did you have a, your your tag fell off of your dress. Oh okay Richard thank you yeah yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah we've
2: this is this is all a product of what happened at the turn of the century the when you look at the the game plan for the Fabian socialists fabian socialists were were they had the same mindset as the communist and Marxist movements, but they believe it can be done incrementally and from the inside they're the quintessential fifth columnists they they want to use our process against us and that's why you see people like AOC and and the squad and and some of the more radically left people elected to office because they've played the long game and they're using our system against us so they knew they had to capture the media they knew they had to capture the education system and they've succeeded in both so now we're we're teaching our children that the history that has been recorded And not necessarily so, you know. You see it in the 1619 project from uh, Hannah Nicole Jones, who, you know, well, you know, the United States didn't really start in 1776. It started in 1619 when the first (laughs) slaves came, because the United States was founded on the intense desire to maintain slavery. Well, a more ridiculous statement has never been uttered. We're the only country on the face of the planet, Chuck to go to war to expunge slavery. And, and just to, to salt and pepper this thing, it wasn't the Democrats that championed the ending of slavery. It was the Republicans. That's what the party was founded on, abolition. The Democrats fought tooth and nail going all the way into the 60s to keep segregation and, and, and the racial caste system here in the United States. But doing what progressives do, they decided to redefine history to be the champion of, of race-based politics because republicans are racist you know Boy. explain how that happened to me <laughs> it's like you went to bed one morning after after fighting the civil war and all of a sudden you were the reason for the war
1: Yeah, sleight of hand huh
2: well this is what <laughs> they do and this was we talked about this last week when we chatted this is how they manipulate language and and going back to the to the very first paragraph of this piece We need to put an end to their just free reign of redefining definitions of words and phrases. They've been doing it for 122 years. If if they don't like the the meaning of a word, they just decide to change it, and all of a sudden, Merriam-Webster is going along with it. You know, we can't allow that to happen. Truth is not something you get to redefine. Truth is based on facts and tangible evidence. You know, we're getting so far away from being able to recognize what truth is that you have idiots like Nina Jankowicz,
1: who, and we didn't even touch on her video yet. Yeah, you know. And in fact, I, you, that's the one you have a clip on. You're talking about now, right? Whatever, absolutely.
2: You, yeah. This if, woman is, yeah. as, as my as my friend George would say, this woman is shot out of the box.
1: Yeah. She's Mary Popkins. Yeah. You know, when it first when I first saw the beginning of it, it, it was, I'm thinking, who, who is she doing? And it's Mary Popkins, you know, standing up on the hill, uh, little, I'm, that flashed through my mind. And then I started listening to her and I'm thinking, Oh my goodness. You know, where's the shotgun?
2: Would you oh, go? That yeah. Far, and, Chuck?
1: No. yeah no.
2: and the, and, <laughs> and the clip that I've got on there is about her singing a rather, uh, expletive filled, uh, song about, uh, sleeping your way to power and that's what she wants to do and that's how she's going to get ahead you know who do i have to blank to to get ahead yeah. is a quote from that song and she's singing right. it it's, in the middle of a bar you know yeah our our disinformation chief
1: well look look at the the he she in charge of our health the the number one health person you know the yeah
2: yeah, I. that's... That, that.
1: Used to be a man and now it's a girl. And, and sometimes I think you're doing this on purpose, you know, just saying we're going to shove it in, we're going to shove it to you. We're going to show you. And then we got our, you know, our guy in charge of transportation, you know, that uh, doesn't know what in the heck he's going. And he makes uh, phony things where he has his bike delivered one and a half blocks away from the event he's going to so he can ride in on a bike. I, I mean, yeah. It's, um, it's, uh you hit, on, you,
2: you, you hit on something, Chuck, and, and I'm glad you did. What the left consistently does to nudge us to the left uh-huh. is to push the envelope as hard as it can until they get to the breaking point where we're going, listen, we're not going to be doing the children in kindergarten get to define, you know, get get to question their sexuality. We're going with the, that's it. We're done with this. But they've pushed society to allow it with people over 21
1: right yeah See. so
2: that becomes our normal now this is how they nudge things to their way of thinking they push the envelope so that when they pull back halfway we're willing to accept that as the new normal we can't do that the pendulum has to swing all the way back to the other side whenever they push the envelope now we have to do that in a constructive and responsible way. We can't go back to draconian days where where people's sexuality are locked down. I don't care what anybody does in the privacy of their of their room as long as it's not breaking a law.
1: If you are not identify, in the room next door and they're making too much noise, yeah, go ahead. Well, that's
2: that infringes on your on your <laughs> right to to have peace. But you I don't care what you do. That's your business. I don't care. But when you try to force me to say you have to recognize this is normal, then I've got a problem with it because you're trying to control the way I think. You don't have that right. That's a right reserved for me. In a free country, in a, in a country that that is supposed to celebrate individualism, I get to think the way I want, even if it's a horrible way to think. I, I can't push that on you. It's when my actions encroach on you, that's when the line has been crossed. So, you know, as as sickening as it is to say, remember back into the 1970s when the Nazis wanted to march in Skokie, Illinois, which is a right almost 100% Jewish neighborhood. It was defended because they had free speech rights. Do you honestly think that could happen today?
1: It would actually you have to think about who the left represents. Yeah, I think it could happen because somehow the left would get one of their people to march in, you know, total opposition to what maybe you and I believe in. And it would be, oh, freedom of speech, freedom of speech.
2: Well, that's, they hide behind it. Let's look at, yeah. uh, at the summer, the last two summers, Antifa and, and BLM. They, they went through the streets of major cities, looting, destroying Rioting, committing acts of violence against people and police—you know—and that was a expression of, of of political protest and free speech, you know. But you yeah. get you get truckers uh, that want to say this: "You're killing my my livelihood," and they want to go to Washington. And you're getting threats from the government that if you enter the district, you'll be arrested. <laughs>
1: You well, know, then you what, know what, happened,
2: what happened to their free speech?
1: And Antifa just raised their ugly head over the weekend. Let me see here. It's uh, Oregon mayor, state Republican gubernatorial candidate. Uh, they were having a rally in Portland over the weekend, uh, and it was for Fund the Police. And Antifa oh, yeah, got I in see. there and started. Uh, they were just throwing firecrackers at the attendee. Uh, firecrackers are a little... You know, dangerous if you throw them. You know, but we were only oh. throwing firecrackers. Yeah, okay.
2: Well, I would, back in the days when I was a firefighter, paramedic, a professional firefighter and paramedic. We 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 saw what firecrackers can do if you hold them in your hand. So, yes, yeah, they're, they're they're fun to celebrate with, but you have to do it in a safe way. So we're just throwing firecrackers into a crowd. That should <laughs> yeah. be a, that should be a chargeable a chargeable act of assault.
1: Man, it's. Hard to believe. You know, Portland,
2: Portland's yeah. gone. Portland's gone. Seattle's not too far behind. But even, the, even the, the city fathers in Portland
1: are saying, maybe we went too far with this. Yeah. Well, Frank, we're going to take our final break here. And then we're going to be right back with the one and only Frank Savato, executive partner, Compass Point Group, and uh, host of the Underground USA podcast. The website is Underground. Usa.com. That's underground. USA.com. I'm Judson Carroll and I'm an herbalist. I'd like to invite you to listen to my show, the Southern Appalachian Herbs Podcast. It's available
0: wherever you like to listen to podcasts. It's a show with a conservative christian
1: worldview and it's about a lot more than just herbal medicine it's about an independent way of life being more self-reliant less reliant on the government the medical industry the pharmaceutical industry and the supply chain with freedom comes responsibility sometimes that responsibility is putting food on the table other times it's caring for yourself and your family with home remedies so give it a listen i think you'll enjoy it and it may just save your life Everybody's talking at me. Chuck Wilder, CRN, with the one and only Frank Savado. Hey, fantastic report, of course. Uh, you know, in the closing of your latest, you say, y- we, you and I, must be the ones to protect our own rights, and that starts necessarily so with our rights to free speech, right to speak the truth to power, and it, you know, and it goes on and on. But... I think a lot of people say, oh, you know, I don't want to get involved in that. Or you try to tell them, did you know, and just example, you know, of everything we're talking about today is it's history. All right. But sometimes they even want to ban the history because it's uh, it just doesn't fit their agenda. And whenever you start wiping out history, there's something wrong.
2: I, I can't. His name escapes me right now, and I believe it was Mueller. Um, there was a, a reverend that back in the nineteen or nineteen thirties in Germany who really put together a a and I believe it was found on the wall of one of the concentration camps when when they came for for the for the Jews. I wasn't Jewish, oh, yeah, so yeah. it didn't really bother me. When they came for the Christians, I wasn't a Christian, so they didn't really bother me. When they came for, you know, and he names all these different demographics. And then he, at the end, he says, but when they came for me, there was no one left to defend me. If you are saying that, that you don't want to get involved, you're the problem. You don't get freedom just because... You were born here and a piece of paper says so. You are the guardian of that freedom. We are the ones that provide oversight to government. The, f- the reason that we're in this predicament right now is because of people who said they didn't want to get involved. If you're not getting involved in politics at least locally so that you know what's going on in your own hometown, then you're delinquent. then you then you have to eat what is served. And when, and when more conspiring minds get together to say, well, we don't like, we don't like that you actually have brick on your house, and yeah. we voted to make you take the brick off your house, whether you like it or not, it's a law now. You, that's when you complain, when it affects you only. Mm-hmm. That's very self-centered and narcissistic. People who don't want to get involved are abdicating their duty to defend the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, because that's something we need to do every day. Reagan said it. We're one generation away from losing everything. So it's not the elected guy who won't return your phone call or or who sends you a form letter that doesn't address what you wrote. It's about you maybe scheduling a visit with the man because he has to meet you in his home office when he's there and saying, what are you doing? You know, you've mm-hmm. got to be responsible for your government. If you're not, this is what we get. Fascism is back, and we never thought it would happen. But we're living it.
1: And, Frank, and, and I have, yeah, I've got people that say, you know, whatever I'm saying, don't you understand you should, you know, and I'll give them things to read or send it to them and things like that. Well, you know, that's why that's why I voted. You know, they're supposed to take care of that. Nope. Yeah, I don't have
2: I don't have, yeah. I don't have time to read. Yeah. I don't have time to read that. I've heard it.
1: Your closing thing, George Orwell, 1984, says, "If you want a vision of the future, imagine a boot stamping on a human face forever." Boy. Yeah. Got it. Well, hey, excellent report, sir. Hope to have you back next week, and uh, I'll give you uh, an email. How's that?
2: Absolutely. Talk to you then.
1: All right. Frank Savato, S-A-L-V-A-T-O, undergroundusa.com. Thank you very much, Swade. Thank you for listening, and God bless the United States of America. Please like
0: the episode on the platform you're listening to us on, leave a comment if it lets you, and share us with your friends and family. Our influence grows when you share our podcast. And don't forget to sign up for our Substack, which comes directly to you, subverting the interference of the internet gatekeepers and social media censors. This is going to be increasingly important moving forward given the world's trajectory. You're listening to Underground USA. My name is Frank Salvato. We'll be right back after this.